0: This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the city's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie.
1: Hello, good morning and welcome to the Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you this morning until 10 o'clock. It's a lovely bright Saturday morning if you haven't the curtains back right across Carlow and Kilkenny and well done to the hundreds and thousands of people across the two counties who got up this morning as dawn broke to mark this very different darkness into life. Kept physically apart due to the essential fight against the virus they still showed their support and there's lots of great photos this morning online of people all across Carlow and Kilkenny showing solidarity and support for this very important cause and issue in our society. And a quick mention for Tony Clear And his band Loose Change, who are doing a gig online tonight on Facebook, between eight and nine to raise funds for Pieta House. AIB locally have generously agreed to match every euro raised. You'll find details on Tony Clear's Facebook page. But first, to business, we've got a packed show this morning. Accountant Alan Seary will be joining us to go through the various measures introduced by the government to support business during this time of crisis. We'll be asking where to now for tourism and hospitality? in Carlow and Kilkenny, one of our biggest industries. Roisin Gilroy of St Canis's Credit Union will be talking to us about what this local financial institution is going to do to help kickstart the recovery. And Deirdre Martin of KBC will give us an update on what Network Kilkenny have been up to. We'll be telling you about a great initiative that Gas Networks Ireland are running with KCLR all next week. And... We'll be hearing how COVID-19 has led to rapid expansion for Ireland's first and only virtual bra fitting service, which is based in Kilkenny. All that between now and 10 o'clock. But I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Eamon Quinn, who's the business editor at the Irish Examiner. Good morning, Eamon.
2: Good morning, John.
1: Yeah, now you've a very interesting article about the wage subsidy scheme in the Irish Examiner today. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute, but it's been an extraordinary week again, with quite boggling figures, forecasts and economic data released.
2: Gosh, extraordinary indeed. Um, the, there were three big economic items out this week, out the past week, and they're giving an insight into the, first of all, the, the, the huge toll this is taken in unemployment across every, every household in the land, and also it's also giving an insight into the strains for the government finances. Mm-hmm. The, the, those big three were the yesterday. The uh, CSO update on uh, almost weekly update now on the the unemployment figures, and basically they're showing it's it's crept up even higher to to almost uh, one and a quarter million people now are um, are availing of some sort of um, government payment. To make the make ends meet. The other, the early on in the week, we had the Exchequer returns, which showed that in one month alone in April there was a seven point five billion uh, deficit, Exchequer deficit, and and then there was midweek the European Commission and right across Europe for their forecast, including Ireland, on unemployment and uh, and the economic hit that is that that the pandemic is uh, is striking uh, the huge hit that the Course, ireland and the rest of europe
1: yeah and that's just ireland those figures you're talking about and mind-boggling around the world as well but the private sector is really being hugely hit and and, and the level of that nearly is hidden in some of the data almost
2: it really is. I mean, the, even that headline figure about twenty-eight percent unemployment rate uh, of the labour force being unemployed. In effect, it's it's much much higher than that because um, the it's about fifty-eight percent of the of about the one point nine million in the private sector. The labour force in the private sector. You take out the obviously public sector. The is about one point nine million people work in for private employers. 58% of, of those, 1.9 million, are receiving uh, some form of payment, be it the pandemic unemployment, uh, you know, the three, the famous 350 euros a week. They are getting the wage subsidy. There's 425,000 uh, people getting uh, some form of wage, wage subsidy, and almost... Two hundred and seventeen thousand who are on the official unemployment count, and that is up in well, where, where, where are we now. That's up. It's hard to take count of this yeah. actually because rapidly so so changed. The end of February there was about one hundred and ten thousand. That's more than doubled on the official unemployment count alone, and we all know that the, unfortunately that uh, quite a few people on of 602,000 um, in vulnerable areas of private sector areas of the economy, uh, you know gosh, help us all there is big chunks of that 602,000 even as we talk about people going back to work over those stages through into August um, that a lot of those jobs will be shaken out.
1: Yeah and we'll be, we'll be talking uh, later in the programme about some of that. we've we've been kind of um benchmarking ourselves in relation to the progress of the actual virus um in ireland versus other european countries and particularly versus the uh, uk how are we shaping up in terms of you know the impact and and how the unemployment rate has grown here versus other european countries and and say versus the uk are we hit, are we doing better than them
2: I thought that was a fascinating um, from the two things that came out from the, from the, the, the there was previous reports uh, from the IMF a few weeks ago, but the, the, the European Commission one out, uh, out a few days ago this week uh, I thought it was quite fascinating uh, uh, Is basically what was m- most overlooked in those figures was the um, you know, we talk about hits to GDP you know, about 7% hit to the, to the Irish economy and 10%, and we all know that it's very difficult to, to basically make head or tail of what those figures really mean. Mm. And what, what we should be looking at is the unemployment figures. And there you see the European Commission figures. They've got Irish unemployment, average unemployment, which doesn't give the full flavour of what's happening. But they see double German rates this year and next year. And they also see uh, Irish unemployment, fairly significantly above British rates as well over Mm. both years.
1: Now, um, the wage subsidy scheme, but for that, you know, you mentioned almost 60% of the private sector, even businesses that are open, a lot of them are almost running on fumes, really, with the economic activity reduced so much. So the, the future of the uh, wage subsidy scheme and the other government payments um, is, is eagerly looked at. Uh, you're writing in the Irish Examiner about that, talking about tapering and in, even the threat of legal action against the government.
2: Well, the, the, the 602,000 people on the. the, the, the that was um, 602,000. What the government is saying about that is uh, you know, Pascal Donahue as well as Leo Varadkar, are saying that those schemes, they were saying again yesterday, those schemes will be extended. Right? So the, the, these schemes were set up as temporary schemes, and this is including the wheat subsidy scheme, to last. 12 weeks. Uh, this is way back in March. It seems a long, long time ago, but mm. that's the um, we're, already, we're already racing through that 12-week period. Now, the reason they have to, obviously, do it, these are supposedly temporary schemes, and that they were set up, obviously, they had to be priced, because the Exchequer has to price everything, and you can't just, uh, you know, uh, just throw money at yeah. open-ended schemes. So, the the, um there is a guarantee that will actually be the um you know, that it will actually be extended. But there is and understand you talk to everybody, um, you know, um, yeah. everybody behind the scenes agrees that obviously the state can't afford to pay um that amount of three hundred and fifty euros a week indefinitely, and obviously they won't be because the builders are going back to work um, you know, from uh, the next few weeks. The other areas and those step plan that's announced uh, a week ago are going back to work. You know, in, in ending up in you know uh, the most uh, a lot of shops, I should say, opening up by mid August. So that is the that's the plan. Everything going well. You know, health and safety and everybody doing doing what what they. But obviously these are these can't be open ended, and there is a lot of concern. Um, in basically behind the scenes among officials about the cost of these schemes and the so what uh, i understand what the plan is is that the when this is introduced there was an inbuilt on fairness almost immediately um in other words if you'd lost your job before march 1 you're on that benchmark 203 i know there's there's several rates, unemployment rates. There's a 203 rate, the benchmark rate, and obviously the, the pandemic unemployment uh, payment rate, it was much, much higher than that, was 350. Mm. And that is basically, first of all, it's unfair in a, you know, it's unfair. Mm. And secondly, it is uh, it is um, open to a legal challenge if it was extended over a long period. and. You've heard Pascal Donohue uh, talking the past week about tapering the three hundred and fifty week as people go back to work, oh. and what people who are in these meetings, uh, in particular, um, the head of the uh, trade union-backed think tank uh, Neri, that's Tom McDonnell. He's saying that what the plan is, his understanding is that from these officials, that they will they will basically. Um, the 350 will be reduced gradually over several months, but also at the same time, the 203 euro payment will rise as some sort of compromise to stop a potential legal challenge
1: to, oh. to, 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 to arising fascinating stuff Eamon unfortunately we've got to leave it there we could talk on but if you'd like to hear more about that you can read about it in the Irish Examiner that's Eamon Quinn who's the business editor at the Irish Examiner thanks for joining us this morning Eamon now just to tell you about something that we've got coming up next week on KCLR tune into KCLR Lunch as John Keane teams up with Gas Networks Ireland to help you save your energy for what really matters and that's something that we're all into these days Together, they want to reward our everyday heroes and support our local hospitality industry while they're doing that. All you have to do is nominate your everyday hero, whether they're on the front line, a family member, a neighbour, or someone indeed from a local business who's made a difference. Then just WhatsApp a message to John on 083 306 9696 from Monday onwards. And each day, John will pick out the best and most deserving hero. And to say thank you, we in kclr along with gas networks ireland will be uh, rewarding some of those heroes with vouchers for some of the best restaurants that carlo and kilkenny have to offer and hopefully they will be uh, opening their doors uh, in the coming weeks and months that's next week on kclr live with or sorry kclr lunch with thanks to gas networks ireland who are all coming together by staying apart now speaking of the food business some businesses in carlow to mention we mentioned some in kenny last week brooks in Tulla street in carlow are operating a food to go menu between thursday and sunday cafe F- cafe 500 in kennedy street are open for collection and deliveries and mimosa bar in the center of carlow are doing tapas to go and they're open for takeaway collection only and you can order online between wednesday and sunday and they're open between five and nine we're going to take a short break and we'll be back
0: the bottom line on kclr with john purcell brought to you with thanks to o'neill foley accountants the safety's largest independent accountancy practice www.onf.ie kclr local at heart local at heart
1: You're listening to Casey Lords just after 21 minutes past nine. John Purcell with you on the bottom line until 10 o'clock. Joining me on the line is Alan Seary, accountant with O'Neill Foley. Alan was on with us a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about the wage subsidy scheme and we heard about it uh, there um, earlier on when we were talking to Eamon Quinn. Alan, good morning to you. Good morning, John. How are you? Good, thanks. Can you bring us up to date on uh, the various measures introduced by revenue? Just a couple of other ones, uh, as well as the wage subsidy scheme. The warehousing of revenue debt doesn't sound entirely cool, but it's uh, it's something that's very important.
3: Yes, John, it is. So you'd be glad to hear that it's not actually a physical warehouse. Um, uh, so whats what it is, John, is a measure that's been brought in to give uh, businesses a deferral of payment on taxes for VAT and payroll taxes. So the way it works is that from the 1st of March up until a particular sector reopens and plus two months after that then, any VAT and payroll taxes that, like, that the business has in that period can be warehoused for up to 12 months. So if we take a construction business that's hopefully scheduled to open next week or on the 18th of May, um, they can warehouse debts from the 1st of March up until mid-July and then have 12 months then of an interest-free period to um, address, to, to go to revenue after 12 months and work out a time frame for, for paying that debt back.
1: Yeah, can you um, just define exactly what you mean by warehousing? Just storing it, is it, leaving it hang?
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's what what businesses have to do, John, is to uh, make their back returns or their payroll tax returns as normal, declare what liability they owe to revenue. Um, ordinarily, that, that declaration would be accompanied with a payment, but here you make the declaration, but you can opt not to make the payment and defer the debt until 12 months' time.
1: Sounds great. Any concerns that people have about this? Is it kind of kicking the can down the road to an extent, um, giving a false sense of security to people?
3: It would, yeah, that, that's a fair comment, John. Like, It is very much a, a can kick down the road. Um, so after twelve, when the 12-month period has expired, what revenue will then expect and require business to do is to engage with them and work out uh, a sustainable repayment uh, uh, plan to, to repay that debt. And at that stage, interest will kick in as well. Now, it won't be the usual 10% interest that revenue charge on transactional taxes. It'll be down to 3%, but it's 3% nonetheless. Secondly, as well, is that revenue want visibility on how, say, their the, the warehouse debt, to use that term, is going to be repaid, and also how the business can afford to pay ongoing uh, tax debt. If a business has, say, other... Um, Creditor or financial obligations as well, those creditors and financial institutions will require their debts to be repaid as well. So there will be a a holistic approach required um, at that stage to to work out a business plan or repayment model to pay back the debt. And, you know, say for for a company who's relying on bank support, the bank simply will require confirmation that the the taxes are up to date or that there's a payment plan in place there now for... The uh, tax will be repaid. So I suppose at, at the back subliminal, all this, John, is that the business remains viable. That that really this is a cash flow support rather than an equity support to business. And um, you know the cash flow support that's there will be taken off at, when the business reopens after two months, and will need to be addressed then in twelve months.
1: Yeah, but it sounds very reasonable and very progressive and very welcome indeed.
3: It is, but this will be a now to a tax man. This is probably the, a tax man's uh, worst nightmare, tax lady's worst nightmare, uh, particularly with that on payroll taxes. Um, you know, the, the interest rate that's charged for them is actually higher than, say, taxes on capital
1: gains, tax or income mm. tax. And, of course, um, this is going to affect the national cash flow as well. It might improve business, but the national cash flow will be challenged.
3: The National Cash will be challenged, and we've already seen these checker numbers this week for, for March. And you know, April will look a lot worse than March when, when those figures come out. Mm. Um, but it, it's really uh, Ireland Inc. stepping up to the place to give business every, every hopefully, every chance to, to get back in business and then to. Um, uh, Strengthen the balance sheet going forward that they can they can they can use a viable business repay or repay uh, you know existing debts like this.
1: Yeah, lots to go through, Alan. I, I was speaking to him and Quinn about the possible tapering of the wage subsidy scheme. Um, you know, there have been some changes changes to bands and high high earners to now claim. Can you just briefly give us kind of the headlines on all that?
3: Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, back four or five weeks ago, John, when this was introduced, uh, there was really just two two or three scenarios where now there's about seven or eight different types of scenarios. So, um very briefly, um the seventy percent uh subsidy that was there for low income earners being up to four hundred and twelve euro per week, that seventy percent subsidy now is increased to eighty five percent. Um then there's a flat subsidy of three fifty uh for people from four hundred and twelve euro up to um, effectively 586, with a small abatement uh, on that. Um, for people whose whose employers are now um, topping up the wage subsidy scheme with with some uh, salary themselves, um, they just need to revisit their calculations for 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 May, because there is an element of tapering in there um, for that. And similarly as well for people who were previously excluded from the scheme because their their wage was too high. Um, they potentially now can be included, and um, there is a subsidy there. But it's it, it's quite a mathematical, formulaic mm. uh, calculation. And tell or, me, yeah, does uh, payroll software
1: do. look after that, or does it need to be actually physically done? By, uh,
3: uh, well, I suppose two things. And that payroll software um, has been uh, updated by some of the software providers. But more importantly, um, revenue now from this month will actually provide information to employers on what the actual wage subsidy is for uh, each each employee. And mm. um, so that's a welcome development. So it should be it should be easier this month to, to align um, uh, what the wage it, it should be for each employee. You know, for per employer's calculations and also per revenue's calculations, where it will become a bit. For employers, and this is where they probably need to do the calculations in advance rather than, you know, at the last minute, is where they're they're paying a top-up on top of the wage subsidy. Um, yeah, they just need to know, they need to work out what, what actually that top-up is, uh, is costing in terms of what's not being supported by the wage subsidy.
1: Yeah, now, um, banks, Alan, talk to us about that. Uh, the Minister for Finance has been in discussions with them, like uh, people with mortgages are one thing, but what about businesses um, looking for deferrals uh, uh, and so on?
3: Yeah, so um, what obviously Minister or Pascal Gunner, who called the banks in. So, businesses have, banks have been instructed to uh, give businesses a three month, of, up to a three month deferral and cash flow and, and uh, credit support. But I well suppose, underpinning that, particularly from a bank's point of view, banks are not, are not a government, they're, they're economic mm. uh, and commercial business themselves. So, they will only look at that really on a viable business basis. So,
1: is it really um, an instruction or is it a request, do you think? It's more it's of a it's yeah, an instruction, uh, so but it only is legally backed as a request, is it?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I suppose it, it's it's, uh, it's probably back to an expression I once heard, John, which is I'm not, I'm not telling, you, I'm only asking you for this. I'm not telling you this, but mm. it's um, uh, uh, you know you, you probably know that they, the, the minister has the other armory available to him. So, but fundamentally, i And banks have come out on this and said, listen, that yeah, we will do we will do this, but we're only going to do it for viable business. So that's that's why business need to have a coherent business plan in place you know that that addresses how they're going to
1: come out of this and the risks and that are that are there underpinning their assumptions you know yeah now a lot of businesses under pressure and a lot of um you know people getting rental income what about buy to let investors that i imagine is a is a sector that's hit
3: yeah so uh, similar to um people who have their own mortgage for their own properties, John where their income has been affected due to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, banks will look at buy less investors uh who have tenants who have stopped paying rent or paying much reduced rent because of the, the you know their circumstances have changed and in that scenario as well the banks have committed to looking at a 3 month deferral um but it seems to be a 3 month deferral and only that um I think after that then the banks would expect you know a more uh bespoke and gen or, uh, details yeah arrangement with, with a particular borrower
1: mm. alan we've covered a huge amount of different supports and um, but there are other ones um can you give us you know it's it's dizzying really the amount of stuff uh, and very positive really but there are a lot of different supports as well the pandemic stabilization and recovery fund is one of them tell us about a few more
3: Yeah, so Enterprise Ireland have, you know, in addition to their ongoing uh, grants and uh, equity support, Enterprise Ireland, for example, John, have introduced a sustaining enterprise fund. And so that is a fund that's being created. for businesses that are in the manufacturing or what's called international traded services sector. So that would, you know, include things like tourism businesses, and that support up to eight hundred thousand euro wow. of support available. Uh, it does come with a four percent annual fee, so it's it's, it's not an entirely cheap money and a five year term. But that that's the support there. And in addition to that, enterprise Ireland are also giving similar to what the local enterprise board are giving it um, vouchers for uh, financial advice of up to five thousand euro. So that would be welcome for a lot of business who are in that space.
1: Yeah. Um, between alan you know the businesses are slowly starting to come back there's a lot of regulations coming down the line and rightfully so in terms of ensuring safe working it, it, i'd say it's probably the toughest time ever to run a business what do you think are the main challenges out there
3: well the main challenges john is is you know what, what are businesses facing when they go back you know if you take your high streets, your high street retailer Will people be nervous coming back into town? Be nervous of of, of uh, going into shops. Um, uh, if you take, say, uh, you know, business with a large debtor book, you know, will those debtor dates be repaid or debts? Will they be even still in, be, be in business? Um, so you know, working capital, getting getting turnover back up online. Um, you know, it will be big challenges for a lot of businesses, and really, it's going to take confidence, you know, across the board that people are able to, to get out and transact. Either be it on the high street or be it business in the business. Um, but ultimately, you know, a lot of businesses are driven by consumer demand, and it's consumers staying at home or is not spending because their income has collapsed. You know that that will feed back into into uh, the business business environment as regards their ability to to cut off, get get back off the feet. Back off the ground, Roder.
1: Alan, uh, thank you very much for that. That's Alan Seary from O'Neill Foley Accountants. Lots to talk about. And Alan, we'll have you back on because your advice is extremely uh, to the point and uh, very well received, I know, from a range of businesses after the last time you were on. That was Alan Seary from O'Neill Foley uh, in Kilkenny telling us about some of the measures and some of the issues that businesses need to be looking at during this COVID uh, pandemic uh, national emergency. Now, uh, Network Ireland is a not-for-profit national organisation for women in business and they have a very active branch in Kilkenny Uh, we're using the wonders of technology and Deirdre Martin who's the president of the Kilkenny branch sent us this update
4: good morning John I'm delighted to have the opportunity to tell you what Network Ireland have been doing for our members during the pandemic At a national level, our members were invited to provide details of the products or services that they offer, and this was then collated into a document which we're calling the members' directory. We've shared that with all of our members, and we've asked that people buy Irish and that we support one another. Nationally our 16 branches' events have continued, albeit there are now virtual events held on Zoom. But this has made them far more accessible to our members where it wouldn't have always been feasible to travel to places or locations such as Roscommon or Mayo, Galway, Cork, wherever. There's so many events happening that nationally we've now started to collate these into one location and they're shared on our social media pages weekly. Our national awards have been pushed out due to the pandemic, with the closing date now set for 31st of July to give people who've, who may have had to close their doors to their businesses an opportunity to reopen and, and get back going again. Locally, we've reached out to our members offering support. It's been really impressive seeing what some local women have done, uh, particularly sole traders in Kilkenny, whereby they have completely or drastically changed their way of doing business and this will form part of their business going forward. Our local events have continued. We most recently held a women's health and well-being event and Linda Murray of Bioga Nutrition supported us with that by being on our panel. I'm really excited about our two local events for May. Sandra Hennessy of B Dynamic, who does a lot of work with our local enterprise office, is doing A session on social media top 10 tips for your business on may 14th and on may 28th we're hosting an event about leadership which will cover topics such as resilience growth mindset and imposter syndrome it's titled power within which is the national theme for network ireland this year and it will be emceed by our national president as well All the details of our events locally and nationally are available on our social media pages and on networkireland.ie and anybody can get in touch with us locally at kilkenny at networkireland.ie for more information.
1: Thanks very much. That's Deirdre Martin there, who's uh, the Network Ireland Kilkenny Branch President, keeping us up to date. And if your organisation um, or business indeed would like to uh, send us a message like that, keep our listeners up to date with what you're at. Just send us an email at the bottom line at kclr96fm.com. Lots to go on the bottom line. John Purcell, it's just 25 minutes to 10 o'clock. Uh, don't go away.
0: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie Local at heart
1: Local at heart indeed and um, at the heart of the economy locally is the hospitality industry where in Kilkenny uh, a huge amount of people are employed. With me on the line is the chairman of Kilkenny Tourism and indeed the vice president of Kilkenny Chamber, Colin Ahern. Good morning Colin, put the importance of the hospitality sector in Kilkenny in context for us.
5: Good morning John, thank you. Um, Yeah look, it's vitally important nationally um i mean nationally it supported well up until March it supported um two hundred and sixty thousand jobs and 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 one in every ten job in ireland and in kikenny its it's absolutely no difference uh, no 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 different um you know uh, up until March it supported over six thousand jobs in Kkenny. Um, and um, generated over 160 million to the local economy so um, it's by no means a small industry um, and probably um, as as with a lot of emergencies as with most emergencies that we've seen over the last, uh, or last two or three decades it's generally one of the first industries to be hit um, and um, but also Uh, thankfully one of the first industries to come out of it i don't think that's going to be the case this time though
1: yeah it's unprecedented because all of the necessary social distancing and so on is nearly uh, incompatible with uh, hospitality industry as we know it and it's hugely important in Kilkenny and carlo and all over the sunny southeast dare i say and we've had loads of sun but we've no tourists um how are you going to bounce back from this or can you bounce back from this
5: We certainly can bounce back from it, but it's going to be really, really challenging. I mean, I listened to your previous speaker, Alan, Talk about the supports and the warehousing of of, of certain debts and and and, and revenue um, <clears throat> costs, and I suppose the, the the biggest challenge is that we've been told we've been given a roadmap by the government of when we can open certain uh, aspects of our of our businesses and restaurants and cafes can can open their doors on the twenty ninth of June and hotels on the twentieth of July and bars on the t- on the tenth of August, but the problems really only start then because social distancing will mean that the bars and restaurants will 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 be operating really at less than 50% capacity even even if they are busy um and so all the all the charges that 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 we the standing charges that we pay monthly, weekly, annually in terms of commercial rates and, and energy and all those sort of things, um, they, they they become live again. So the, the the sort of the sort of waivers we've been seeing um for example in commercial rates it was announced recently that there would be a three month waiver with that regard. But I mean that's really only the least that you would expect. I mean generally hospitality businesses have been closed for three months so you wouldn't be expecting to be paying rates whilst whilst you're close. There's there's a lot more needed and a lot more more being called for in terms of in terms of VAT um in terms of in terms of grants. So there's 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 an awful lot more needed.
1: We heard on our news about how, uh, you know, there's talk about people coming into Ireland, uh, you know, needing to isolate themselves for two weeks after arriving in at airports and etc. That's incompatible with foreign tourism, really. Uh, Very few people are going to isolate themselves for two weeks in a country and then go on holidays for two weeks. Like, we can look forward to virtually no foreign visitors for the foreseeable. Is that just going to make it even harder and harder? Kakeni is a big international tourist spot. (sighs)
5: Yeah. <sighs> Kilkenny Kilkenny is um, yes, I mean, certainly you're right it is incompatible to international visitors Um, um, and you know, all, I mean, we're forecasting that all international visitors in in my business, in the Armand Hotel, we're not going to see any this year, and potentially a huge reduction in them next year Um, I do think that uh, whilst Kilkenny is very popular for day international visitors, the vast majority of our overnight visitors uh, are from Ireland. It's something that we have been working really hard to kind of um, to, to correct that balance over the last number of years and Forge Ireland indeed have spent a lot of money in developing um, a strategic plan so that Kenny can move at the moment we're at, uh, about 70% of our visitors are overnight visitors to, to Kenny are coming from Ireland And it's something that Forge Ireland have been working really hard on, you know, getting more international overnight visitors. But I suppose the upside of that now is that... And in the economies and the tourism economies that are beginning to beginning to recover and show the green shoots, what's driving that recovery is domestic Irish leisure um, <clears throat> tourism, and thankfully, Kilkenny is very well placed to to uh, to, to to take that sort of business, uh, and for the hotels and the accommodation providers in particular. But like I said, you know, the new full is 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 forty 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 five percent capacity. And unfortunately, that's not going to pay uh, to pay all our bills for the next 24, 36
1: months. And uh, Kenny, we're pulling out a bit, I suppose, from, from just the tourism industry, but retail and everything, uh, and you're wearing a Chamber of Commerce hat as well, is going to be very challenged. You know, changes to the infrastructure, how people shop, how people wander along the streets implications for traffic and everything it's game on in relation to big changes in rela- all over that area too yeah
5: yes john there's a lot of work needed um and a lot of work being done in fairness with regard to reimagining kilkenny city um and how it how it flows and how the traffic flows and how people move around it and it's needed um, I'd love to think that Kilkenny could be, could could be, you know, at the forefront and be innovative uh, in terms of creating spaces that people are comfortable to walk around and shop in. One of the challenges, in particular, with with, with our city centre, um, is that our footpaths are quite narrow um, and our, some some of the shops are quite small, and so they're only going to be, you know, allowed to have one or two people, <coughs> one or two people at a time in them, which which will mean. Fingers crossed! If we if if, if business picks up, that we have people queuing, queuing outside shops. So re, so really, there is going to be uh, a lot of thought needed um, from the local authority and local businesses to kind of redesign the city and 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 how it flows. But that work is ongoing, um, and there's some 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 quite innovative ideas <coughs> ideas coming out there now. So I'd be very confident that, that that Kilkenny will be will be very very capable and ready to welcome visitors and shoppers like uh, in, in the second half of the year.
1: Uh, huge challenges Colin but you're sounding fairly upbeat and fairly confident. The tourism industry and the business community up for the fight?
5: Yeah, certainly Certainly, in, in the tourism industry we're, we're, we're optimists by nature. Um, so I mean it's something that we really we, we're, we're, we're all really focused on. It, it, it was a great relief to kind of get an idea in our heads of, of an opening date because we can now start we can now start making plans. We need a lot more detail from government um, to help us create those plans, but we can now start making plans. And and certainly from a wider Kilkenny point of view, the the the, the, the same thing goes. Um, there's 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 some really innovative businesses and great business people in kerry and i have no doubt that when everyone sits down and puts and puts their minds together we we'll, we'll come up with a with, with something that works and what's really important and one of the things the chamber is calling for at the moment is that is is that i suppose one size doesn't fit all in ireland you know there are certain things that that there are certain measures that are going to suit dublin but they might sue Kilkenny. And so we really need to look at kind of regional regional task, for, task forces that look at what can open when in, in regional towns and cities
1: like Kilkenny. Okay, Colin, thank you very much. That's Colin Ahern, who is uh, the chairman of Kilkenny Tourism and indeed the incoming uh, president of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. Now, joining me on the line is uh, another person from another prominent Kilkenny business, Roisin Gilroy, who's Head of Marketing and Business Development with St. Canis's Credit Union. Roisin, great news during the week for uh, credit unions in general and credit unions very important across Carlow and Kilkenny. Trust levels in uh, credit unions off the scale.
6: Yes. Um, good morning, John. We are delighted to have another accolade um, under our belt with the rep track number 1.
1: And it's good news 11. story.
6: Yeah, it's a great news for you. I mean it's all about trust, respect and admiration and a hundred different organisations are measured, the top organisations in the country and RepTrack did this survey between January and March and surveyed seven thousand people. So to come out on top with a score of eighty three point seven we're pretty chuffed having had the CXI award already yeah. for
7: customer experience, so yeah, we're
1: delighted. Yeah, now as well as providing a huge uh, service to people all across uh, your common bond, as they as they call it in the credit union yeah. movement, uh, St Canice's uh, credit union is a, is a big business itself and have a lot of, of employees. You've had to change and adapt as much as everybody else. Tell us about that and how it's accelerated change. Well, I suppose
6: primarily the safety of our members and our staff at the forefront with social distancing so we had to put certain measures in place in the branches and we transferred an awful lot of our focus away from face to face and encouraged people to go online um, and to go on the phone so we expanded our member service centre and got extra licences for phones People that would have been on the front line moved to back office in all the branch networks and were able to take calls and talk to people over the phone. And our phone lines, uh, you know, the volume increased exponentially. And then from an online perspective, we had a huge uptake. I'd say about fifteen hundred people switched suddenly to doing their business online because they can now. Mm. And um, a lot of the technology that was coming down the line was fast tracked. So. You used to be able to get your PIN by post when you were getting your online account and that switched to getting it by text. So everything was happening much faster. Now, obviously, everything was tested in memory, but it just means that people didn't have to come into the branch, They didn't have to risk their health and also the health of our staff
1: yeah so change accelerated we're talking to Colin Ahern about getting the show back on the road and you guys are are developing new products to kind of kickstart the economy because we're going to need to come out of the blocks quickly when people do start emerging, getting business going and getting credit going, what have you got? you have something called Quick, uh, I think it's called Kickstart?
6: Kickstart so this will be available to members um, from the 18th of May, so as soon as everything starts to slowly get back and restart in the country. We have a product that's going to help people. People have been sitting at home, no one's been borrowing. Our loan book has been hit severely. So we want to not only have the experience that people want and the trust that people want from a citizenship perspective, but also to have a product. So our loan... Um, rate is going to go to 4.9%. So any loans over €2,000 between now and the 31st of August is at an incredible value rate of 4.9% which we've never done before and it is to kick start the local economy it's to kickstart our lending and to kickstart all those plans and purchases that people have put on hold while we've been in lockdown i mean i know myself i wish i had an extra room here a couple of people wish they had an extra shower room for the for the kids and the teenagers so there's a lot of projects that people have been looking around their homes where they've been sitting at them and saying you know if only i could and this can make it a reality because Money
1: will never have been so cheap. Yeah, Roisin, um, Yeah, I know you were coming out with a business product. We talked off air about it a couple of weeks uh, down the line, I think. But, yeah. but uh, you know, sole traders and, and uh, people Absolutely. like that can avail at that kickstart? Yeah, so, I mean, if you're a
6: sole trader, you're a man with a van and you need a new van, you can... Get your new van at the four point nine percent rate. Yeah, um, so there's a, a lot of opportunities for sole traders with this product.
1: Yeah, interesting times. Um, the St Canis is, is a community organisation at its heart. Um, it's responding flexibly. Um, how how's the mood down there?
6: I mean, it's great they're just fantastic. I've been working from home and we've done everything that we can in terms of business and finance to help people, temporary loan arrangements if people are experiencing financial difficulties. We've altered our operating system to be more online, less in the... But the staff down there have been doing, I don't know if you've seen them, a weekly TikTok and dancing and just keeping their spirits up. They actually, one day, baked loads of cakes and brought them to other essential and frontline workers. They're, it's just a phenomenal... Um, culture, work culture within the organisation which is led from the top and that's one of the key aspects of St Canis's Credit Union is, is the work culture. I've worked globally and nationally and I've never come across an organisation which puts their customer at the heart of it. I've been involved in major projects with million dollar budgets to try and mix the customer first. Well, but actually, it's 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 incentric ence- um, in
1: that's great. credit
6: union
1: movement. Yeah, well, fantastic. Well done, Roisin. Uh, that's Roisin Gilroy from St. Canis's Kilkenny Credit Union. And thanks for her uh, joining us to tell us about their uh, recognition uh, during the week, indeed, for all credit unions. Uh, now, coming up, we'll be talking to um, a business which has had quite a ra- remarkable transformation in how they're uh, interacting with their customers. A very interesting story. Don't go away.
0: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the South
1: you're welcome back. I pressed the wrong button there. That's the intentional mistake for the week out of the way. John Purcell with you on the bottom line on KCLR with you until 10 o'clock. Now, joining me on the line is a lady from a Kilkenny-based business called Belle Fam Lingerie Boutique. I think it's going for about 10 years, um, but impacted uh, just as much, probably even more than many businesses by the coronavirus lockdown. Bridget Kearney, welcome to the bottom line.
7: Thank you, John, and good morning.
1: Yeah, just tell us about your business pre uh, the lockdown, really, uh, and how you'd built it up over the previous 10 years, I think.
7: Yeah, so like you said, the business is 10 years old, and um, we have had customers come in to get fitted for their bra um, from all over the country. Um, I trained, I suppose what makes the business so unique is that I trained by the best in this industry in the UK, and I fit without the use of the measuring tape. And so, for that reason, people are—you know—they they come for, to us to to experience and to understand actually the most the, the importance of getting that proper fitted bra. Yeah, and,
1: and it's a very intimate business. Without being kind of funny, yes. but it is the most kind of inner inner under underwear for you know, and it's a very personal business, and it's a very like uh, tactile business, I suppose, when you're fitting people usually
7: yes it is yeah absolutely you've always had
1: the ability to do it virtually so to speak but but it's been a one-to-one business
7: Yes, no, it, it is a one-to-one business and we built it as, as a one-to-one business to be able to give that service because, you know, buying a bra is, is like as you said, it's a very personal thing and it, it was so important to me to be able to offer that um, that to say that it's nice and comfortable that you come in and that you are relaxed and, you know, that you are enjoying the experience of getting fitted for that proper fitted bra because a lot of people don't um, and that is where the, the facility of that virtual fitting that we have been doing for the last 10 years has come about because a lot of people you know might not be able to get to my shop or they just didn't want to come in and get that fit, that fitting um, and so we had um, offered that virtual fitting and, and a lot of people had taken up on it
1: yeah um, but tell us how what what happened then when leo announced that the country's closing yeah. down and you're gonna have to shut your doors
7: Yeah, so we closed our doors, John, um, early March, and um, I suppose kind of as the weeks went on, we had been kind of inundated, you know, the women of Ireland still need um, um, their lingerie, and we had been asked over and over, you know, Bridget, what can you do for us, you know, how can you fit us? And so I decided to relaunch um, something that we've always done anyway, um, and that was offering the, the fitting service virtually. And so you can do that now by sending me pictures of yourself in a bra, back, front and side, sending it to our secure email address, um, fittings at balsamelingerie.ie, I will choose and kind of, you know, pick the best style and then I will ring you for a consultation and go through it with you in greater detail and explain to you the rights and the wrongs of the bra that you are wearing that you sent me in the picture and um, we'll have a full consultation about it and then I will send the bra out to you and then when you receive the bra, you will then again um, take the pictures and send them to me again at that email address and um, i will ring you and give you the basically the thumbs up to say it's perfect on you or that it might need to come back again and we'll send you out another one but at the moment we seem to be getting them all on the first fitting and uh, we've a lot of happy customers out there
1: at the moment that's quite a a transformation of your business and how's it actually going you you told me that you were doing about three or four days a week before but now it's the only way you're actually interacting with your customers
7: Yes it's the yeah, exactly it is the only way and um and thankfully it, it is going well for me. Um we're very busy at the moment we, you know we're where I'm a bit I'm, I have a bit of a backlog so I'm about 2 3 days behind um but um I'm getting there and uh, yeah it's fantastic it, it's worked and people are trusting they know the business they know the name of the business they know what I'm like they know my, the way I fit um and um, I'm able to still give that one to one um, and explain the rights and wrongs, and to make people feel comfortable. And the best th- thing about this is, John, you know, you can try this bra on in the comfort of your own home, and you can communicate with me, and knowing that you know it is just you and me, and it's fantastic. And people are loving it, and, and thankfully, it, is, it has worked for us.
1: And it's likely that you're going to be pretty slow in opening the door, given the fact that, like hairdressers or dentists or whatever, it's a, it's a kind of a tactile business. And ver, you know in reality um so if people want to contact you what should they do just repeat the email again
7: yes so you can contact us at fittings at dot that's the email address or just go to the website dot and you'll see the details of the virtual fitting and you can contact us through that
1: and security guaranteed and all that because it's a very Absolutely. personal thing
7: absolutely and once we're finished and we know that you're happy with the bra all the images and all the emails will be deleted and uh, yes absolutely the security of it is very high.
1: Okay Bridget thanks very much that's Bridget Kearney from Belle femme Lingerie telling us about how she's transformed her business over the last number of weeks in relation to the COVID crisis. That's all we've got time for on the bottom line thanks to all our guests this morning Eamon Quinn, Alan Siri, Colin Ahern, Deirdre Martin, Roisin Gilroy, thanks to Deirdre drummy who produced we'll be back next week bringing you lots of news views and information about business and the economy in these extraordinary times until then wherever you are whatever you're doing don't forget remember stay at home keep your distance and wash your hands have a good week and enjoy the weekend
0: KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie